Hello, hello. This is David back again with another episode of Blood and Fire Radio. Um, keep it on schedule, thankfully. I am recording this one a little bit later in the evening than I typically would. <laughs> so I'm a little bit sleepy. But we're getting it done. Um, Alright, we're up to episode 75, which is incredible. Um, three more episodes and I will officially have more episodes than Facebook followers. <laughs> Hoping to change that. I might actually put some work in this upcoming week into kind of like revamping the Facebook and, and coming up with a better, you know, logo and cover photo and stuff like that. And um, maybe putting a little something up there just about myself as an individual, just in case people out there actually want to know more about who the hell I am. And uh, yeah, I think it's just time that I kind of put a little more effort into the visual side of things. So I'm going to try to do that this week and um, see if I can kind of spread this uh, this plague and get some more listeners out there. I don't really do that with uh, any sort of uh, expectation of you know monetary gain or anything like that. I don't um, do ads or anything on the podcast, and I don't really have any desire to because I don't really care about making money off of this. I just do this because I think it's really fun. But, that being said, I do put a pretty good amount of effort into making these episodes and making my notes and doing my research and stuff like that, so I'd like to kind of spread it to as many people as possible, people that I think would actually enjoy it, so, uh, yeah, I'm going to try to put some more effort into, uh, into that in the near future, so be on the lookout for that kind of stuff, but, anyways, let's get to it here. This is a band from the UK out of Liverpool, and they have influenced countless uh, death metal bands over the years from their late 80s, early 90s output, and um, they existed from 86 to 96, and then disbanded for quite some time, and then they reformed in 2007. Released an album in 2013, and they're still going today. That band is Carcass. Carcass is one of those bands that everybody loved and was very inspired by but it took me a really long time to appreciate carcass i just kind of didn't see what the big deal was and i found myself liking the bands that were influenced by carcass more so than liking carcass themselves um but i've kind of come around especially their last album the one that they released uh, after they reformed Surgical Steel, that's a damn good record, and um, I really have grown to like Heartwork as well. The really grindy stuff from the late 80s, uh, while it was like hugely influential, it's just not my favorite. But um, but yeah, so they're working on new stuff, they're working on a new record. Um, they are coming out with an EP on October 30th called Despicable, and it's coming out on Nuclear Blast. And they've kind of trickled out some singles here and there. Um, they did one called Under the Scalpel Blade, which I played on an older episode. That came out last year, and uh, I think that was just on one of those little, like, compilations that gets released with, like, a metal magazine. I don't remember if it was through Decibel. It might have been through Decibel on their little flexi, you know, singles, little discs or whatever. But, uh, but yeah, that was a cool tune, and then now they've let a couple of singles trickle out from this EP, and... Um, some of them, I mean, some people are complaining about kind of a lack of speed uh, with the songs, how they just kind of do this kind of chunky mid-tempo, kind of headbanging tempo, and and um, it's true. I mean, they're not blazing fast songs or anything, but uh, I really like them. I think them being mid-tempo 
it's it's almost harder to write a good song at a slower tempo because everything is much more exposed and you have to really nail it from a compositional standpoint to make a good song when you're playing really crazy fast death metal you can kind of get away with uh, maybe it not being perfect because it's more about the extremity of the whole tune more so than composition and stuff like that so uh, but yeah I think they're really good at writing these mid-tempo kind of crunchy tunes and uh, of the singles that have been released so far this one is my favorite so yeah let's kick it off with some new carcass off of their despicable EP coming out on October 30th this is carcass with the living dead at the Manchester morgue
Alright, that was Carcass from the UK with The Living Dead at the Manchester Morgue. I really like the way that tune ends as well. That riff is really cool. Um, Alright, we're going to go to Stockholm, Sweden. We have several Swedish bands on this episode. This is another band that kind of uh, following suit with, you know, Carcass. They existed for quite a while and then disbanded for quite a while and now they're back. I played them not that long ago, maybe a handful of episodes ago. But um, I'm going to play them again. The band is Mork Greening, and they existed from 93 to 05, and then they've existed from 2016 up until now. Um, they're out of Stockholm, and they are one of those bands that I slept on for a long time, and then whenever I finally checked it out, um, I thought it was really excellent. So it's one that I'm very late to the game, but uh, dove into their discography and have uh, really enjoyed everything that I've heard from them. But uh, whenever I was diving in and checking out all their stuff, um, I knew that they were working on a new full-length, and they've been working on it for quite a while. And I believe it's two original members, or at least two, one original member and then one member who's, you know, been in it for a really long time. Um, and then there's some, some newbies ever since they reformed. There's some new members, but there's a couple of originals in there. But yeah, so they finally have this new full-length coming out on October 23rd, so it's coming up pretty soon here. It's their first album in 15 years, uh, their last one being in 2005, and uh, the album is called Hinsides Vreda, which means Beyond Peace. It's coming out on Season of Mist, and they released, they released a couple of singles now, but um, I'm going to play the first single that they released because uh, it really struck me as being a really intense powerful tune and uh, I really like it a lot. The second one is good as well but this one just kind of uh, hit me like a punch in the face so I just made note that I have to play it on the next episode so here we are. But yeah if the rest of the uh, album follows suit uh, from this tune I'm totally on board and we'll be buying that one. Um, so yeah here we go this is a nice intense little black metal number. Off of their upcoming album Hinsides Vreda, this is Mork Grinning with Felteren.
All right, that was Mork Grinning from Sweden with Feltaren, which is Swedish for like uh, a general, like a military general, I guess. Um, okay, we're gonna jump to Greece here. This is a band with kind of an interesting backstory. They're called Yoth Iria, which is I R I A. Um, they formed in 2019, and the thing that kind of makes them stand out is the fact that their lineup uh, contains two former members of Rotting Christ. Um, one of which I think might even be an original member. Uh, the second one is not an original member, but he's just a former guitar player. But uh, they kind of teamed up and formed this band along with a few other members. And uh, they released an EP in January of this year called Under His Sway. And that came out on Repulsive Echo Records. And it's short. It's a short EP. But um, it is just kind of interesting to hear these these older, you know, former members of Rotting Christ kind of team up to do something new. Um, I personally have never really been a Rotting Christ fan. Um, I know everyone kind of hails non-servium uh, to be like this classic, this black metal classic, and uh, I just never, I don't know, I never got into it. They're not bad by any means, but um, it just never really uh, struck a chord with me, but um, to this day, I mean, it disappoints people so much when I say that too, because I have close friends that are big fans of theirs, and they'll tell me like, did you, did you hear their new album? It's amazing, it's amazing, and I'll listen to it, and I'm just not, it just doesn't do it for me, I don't know. But um, the same can kind of be said for this this band, <laughs> this EP. It's not bad at all, um, but it's not, you know, groundbreaking. It's not blowing me away, but it's just kind of dramatic, kind of theatrical black metal. It's just, uh, it's not symphonic or anything like that, but it just kind of has this touch of, you know, of dramatics, you know, to it. But um, it's not bad. It's a pretty solid you know, debut release. Uh, of course, these guys are not spring chickens, so it's not their first rodeo. They know what they're doing, so I don't expect them to sound like a messy bunch of novices out there. But, but yeah, you can decide for yourself. So it's pretty cool. I didn't really know that this EP existed until maybe a couple of months ago, but it's been out since January, but I didn't really hear much about it until, until a couple months ago. But... But yeah, here we go from Athens, Greece, off of the Under His Sway EP. This is Yoth Iria with Under His Sway.
That was Yoth Iria from Greece with Under His Sway. Um, again, certainly not bad by any means. Pretty enjoyable, I think. Alright, we're going to go back to Sweden here, and it won't be the last time we go back to Sweden, but this is a band that existed in one form or another since 1989. I think from 89 to 91, they went by the name of Septic Broiler, which is an interesting name. But uh, I think around 90 or 91, they changed it to Dark Tranquility. And they're from Gothenburg, and they're from that kind of famous Gothenburg scene from, you know, In Flames and At the Gates. Kind of that more melodic um, style uh, of death metal than you hear from the Stockholm scene from the early 90s. It's wildly different sound. But um, they're one of my favorite bands. I love Dark Tranquility, and uh, even with their more kind of advantageous moments... Um, they, I mean, they've had some missteps for sure, but um, for the most part, I, I love most everything that they've put out. But um, I just think they're a great band. But they have uh, taken some some drastic steps here in recent years. You know, they've always had uh, a bit of a revolving door with bass players and things like that. Um, they seem to finally have some stability there. Can't remember the guy's name, but it's the bass player for Tiamat, who uh, you know. He, I think he's still in TMF as well, but um, but yeah, he's been their bass player for for several years now and seems to be really uh, happy with his role in the band. But um, but yeah, they've had a shakeup at the guitar position. Um, they had one guitar player leave, and then the other guitar player had a baby, and he just decided he didn't want to tour anymore. So they were using two guitar players that were not original members and and not songwriters or anything like that they were just purely live guys uh, while Nicholas Sundin stayed home with his new baby and then eventually we all knew it was gonna happen uh, sooner or later but Nicholas eventually said uh, that he was just gonna step out which um, he is of course one of the primary songwriters and um, so that's a big loss for them so to fill the void, um, they basically took their two live guitar players and made them permanent members. So, uh, one of them is pretty well known, the other one might not be to most of you. Um, the well known one is Christopher Amot. Amot? E Amot? I've never been clear on how he pronounces the last name, but uh, of course, him and his brother used to be in uh, Arch Enemy. His brother Michael is still in Arch Enemy, but um, Chris, since leaving Arch Enemy, has just kind of floated around and you know played on some releases here and there but he's never really kind of found a home so to speak um, in a band on a permanent basis until now and the other guy's name is Johan Reinholz and he's a really talented guitar player as well so a lot of excitement um, around the fact that they're permanent members now and a lot of questions of how much are they going to be contributing to songwriting and uh, for this upcoming album and just a lot of kind of uh, nervous excitement, I guess, of, of what the possibilities are with those two guys in the band. Well, uh, right when COVID was really kicking off, they were in the studio, so they didn't want to like call off the sessions, so they kind of stuck it out and finished the sessions, and, uh, and then you just kind of didn't hear anything for months after they finished recording, and now they're finally uh, starting to let some things trickle out album artwork album title stuff like that so they're releasing this new album called moment on november 20th of this year it is their 12th album and it's coming out on century media which has been their label home for a long long time uh, but they finally released the first single off of it and i will say that it 
it's good, but they're definitely kind of playing it safe. Uh, I would venture to guess that this was probably written by the drummer and the keyboard player. They're also kind of main contributors with the writing, um, but they know the Dark Tranquility sound better than the new guitarist would, so I think uh, that's why they chose this one to be the first single, because it's probably, I don't know this for sure, but probably written by the guys that have been there for quite a while, and um, it's a very safe song. It sounds like Dark Tranquility, and I think that they released this more to kind of calm down <laughs> people who were concerned that they're going to have this drastic sound change or something, but it's a good song. It's definitely single-worthy. It has a good chorus, catchy chorus. Um, but yeah, it wets the whistle for now, but I'm definitely uh, antsy to hear the rest of this, so gotta wait till November. But here we go, off of the album Moment, coming out on November 20th. This is Dark Tranquility with Phantom Days.
Alright, that was Dark Tranquility with Phantom Days. I really like that song. Um, it's Like I said, it's catchy and it's definitely single-worthy. Um, but yeah, I'm excited to hear what those other guitar players are, are bringing to the table. Um, I'm excited by the fact that both of those guitar players seem to be really excited about being in that band. Um, so I just think that it's... From the outside perspective, it looks like they're they're bringing a lot of uh, positivity and enthusiasm to the table. So hopefully that's uh, reflected on the record. I assume it would be. But we're gonna stay in Sweden for the next couple of tunes here. This band's been around since 1990. They're actually celebrating their 30th anniversary this year. They were supposed to be doing some shows um, this year celebrating their 30th anniversary, but that all got pushed back. Uh, the band is Marduk, and Marduk is just strong as ever, and they've been through so many lineup changes, uh, a lot of drummers in recent years, but um, but yeah, they've got themselves a really solid lineup right now. Uh, of course, Devo Anderson left the band, um, which is unfortunate. He, Of course, he was the guitar player back in the day, in the early 90s, um, and for a couple of years at least. It was pretty brief back then. But then uh, he rejoined the band in 2004 uh, for Plague Angel, uh, whenever B-War, their old bass player of many years, he left. So Devo rejoined the band, but instead of playing guitar like he did before, he took over the bass position. So he played bass from 2004 up until last year, 2019. And um, so that was a heck of a stable run for them uh, at the bass player position, but uh, now they have... I'm not sure, I can't remember his name, but he's the, he's a former member of Degial, um, which is a great black metal band, and, um, I've, I know he's gonna be fine, so I think they actually just played their first show with him, uh, just within the past couple of weeks, I think they played their, their first show in several months, uh, so it was kind of his debut, and he looked pretty stiff up there, (laughs) I saw some footage, uh, from the show, they sounded great, but he definitely didn't look, uh, particularly loose, up there, but I'm sure that'll come with time. He's probably still uh, a bit uneasy with the material, maybe, but... Um, but yeah, so now they've got the new bass player, and they have a new drummer who is not Swedish, but uh, they had Frederick Vidigs, which I thought he was a great drummer, but he's also an architect, funny enough, so he quit the band to just kind of focus on his primary goal of being a successful architect so uh, it's I imagine it's hard to do that when you're out on tour playing drums and stuff so he decided to uh, take that step to not quit drumming I think he still is available for guest appearances and session work and things like that but I think just the uh, demanding touring lifestyle he's probably done with that but um, but yeah so whenever he left they acquired Simon Schilling and um, Simon Schilling is a German drummer uh, who had been drumming with Belfagor. He played on their last album called Toten Ritual, and his drumming is phenomenal. And um, but he he's he can definitely handle the Marduk material. He he posts all sorts of videos of himself on Facebook covering incredibly difficult um, songs that are a testament of speed and endurance. You know, dark funeral covers, and and he had had done several Marduk covers as well even before joining the band. Um, so yeah, the material is a, is a breeze for him, and he's a really solid drummer, but he does this thing that I kind of, I kind of like, but don't like at the same time, um, leaning more towards the, the don't like category, 
but he'll take a song and rather than play it how it is on the record he'll decide he needs to like heavy it up or something he needs to just tweak this thing to make it sound more brutal and um and I don't know I, I could see that working with death metal more than like black metal stuff but yeah he'll take a Marduk tune that's just more of like a standard blast beat and then he'll decide he's going to turn it into a bomb blast or do something at like double time that it's supposed to be on the record and it's like yeah it's impressive that you can do that but I kind of wish you would just play it like it is on the record <laughs> type thing. So yeah, he, he decides to throw his own twist on songs uh, all the time. So that I get a little bit tired of that sometimes. But um, knowing his skill set and what he has done in the past with Belfagor, I'm looking forward to what he brings to the table for their next uh, full length you know, for Marduk. So. But I'm going to play something classic here. This is my favorite of the old albums. Like You can, you can pretty much divide Marduk into like three eras pretty much. And um, of that first era, this was my favorite uh, record. The album is their second one, called Those of the Unlight. They have 14 albums now, which is crazy. But um, but yeah, this is their second album, Those of the Unlight. came out in October of 93 on Osmos Productions. And uh, just loved the vocalist. He also was the drummer back then as well. So what, what you're hearing here um, is the same guy playing drums and singing. But... Um, kind of a thin production but it just worked for those songs and the songs were catchy on this album the title track and uh this song i'm about to play and there's a song called on dark and wings that uh i really love because there's a really catchy little bass kind of solo moment where it's just the bass guitar you know playing a riff and then everything else joins back in but yeah really memorable tunes on this one but um but yeah this one's a great one they still play it live pretty often so here we go off of 1993's Those of the Unlight. This is Marduk with Burn My Coffin.
Yeah, I almost forgot um, that they do that little false ending where it fades out and then fades back in and fades out again. Uh, great song. I love that song and that, that record. Um, the next one, Opus Nocturne, has some great songs on it as well, but the production on that one is, is razor thin, and it just did a bit of a, a disservice to, to that record. But they released a remastered version in recent years, but it still just doesn't sound that great to me. I wish they would kind of remix and remaster it. That would make it better, but... Anyways, staying in Sweden here, this is a band that existed from 91 to 97 under this name, and then in 97 they changed their name to Capricorn, and then I think they just kind of released a demo under the name Capricorn and then disbanded. <laughs> so oh, the name change was kind of for nothing, but um, the band is called Moaning Wind, and um, it's a band that I, I feel like I had heard when I was younger and didn't think much of and then just kind of saw somebody mention it maybe maybe a month ago if that probably sooner than that um, somebody posted something about it and just kind of uh, stated that it was kind of a forgotten classic you know so I was like well I don't remember liking it but maybe I'll give it another whirl here and I gave it another whirl and I like it better um, I don't dislike it but it's you know to me it's a forgotten classic for a reason, because there's not a ton of really catchy, like, memorable stuff on this record. But, uh, and the band was so short-lived, and this was their only album, um, I could kind of see why it fell by the wayside, especially when it came out. Because if this had come out in 92, 93, um, I could see it being, there'd be more buzz about it, you know, at the time. But, uh, this album came out in 97, and by then, I think, uh, the other bands within the genre had kind of definitely, um, moved beyond you know what this band was putting out but um but yeah the band is called moaning wind and uh the album i'm speaking of uh, came out in march of 97 it's called visions in fire came out on corrosion records and again that's their only album i think they just had a couple of demos uh in the early 90s and then it took them a while and they finally released this debut full length in 97 and then they changed their name and then they called it quits so yeah, <laughs> it's basically kind of mellow death, um, but it's more on the doomy side. It's just kind of more slower, melodic kind of death metal, and um, definitely still has a Swedish sound to it. Um, kind of reminds me of really old Catatonia, like debut album, you know, Dance of December Souls um, era Catatonia a bit. But um, yeah, it's not bad. It's not great. But it's just one of those things that, since it's just this little small piece of, you know, the 90s that just kind of came and went, um, I figured I would just kind of uh, highlight this band a little bit. And um, if you hadn't heard of them, like, just like me, you've heard of them now. So this is pretty much all they ever put out. So here it is. But yeah, off of 1997's Visions in Fire, this is Moaning Wind with Awakened Spirit.
right? I guess that's supposed to be the sound of the awakened spirit. <laughs> I don't know. I really don't know what that outro is, but that was Moaning Wind with Awakened Spirit. All right, we're jumping to the USA here, to Portland, Oregon. This band's been around since 2013. But uh, in this particular genre, they've been making waves. The band is called Bewitcher, and they do a uh, really good classic heavy metal kind of thrashy sound. And um, yeah, it's really good. It's just they're kind of right in line with, you know, a band like uh, Night Demon. You know, Night Demon's another one that's really uh, been doing exceptionally well when it comes to that genre as far as being one of the bigger names in it. And Bewitcher is kind of on their way to that status as well. So, yeah. I'm going to play something off of their second album, which I think is their most recent. And um, the debut was pretty strong. I like this second one better. Uh, came out in May of 2019. It's called Under the Witching Cross. Came out on Shadow Kingdom Records. They've even done at least one or two uh, music videos for some songs off of this one. So they're they're really making the effort to get themselves out there because they know that they're kind of on to something uh, with their sound now. But I think they're just a three-piece, if I, if I remember correctly. But yeah, they're excellent at this style. And uh, you know me, I can play black metal and death metal to death if I wanted to, but I always like to kind of break up the episodes with one or two kind of more classic metal tunes uh, thrown into the mix just to change things up, shake up the sound a little, so here we go. This is your palate cleanser of classic, <laughs> classic heavy metal. So off of 2019's Under the Witching Cross, this is Bewitcher with Under the Witching Cross.
was Bewitcher from Portland, Oregon with Under the Witching Cross. Uh, I really like that because he still has some harsh vocals. I think the harsh vocals work really well with their sound uh, instead of a cleaner voice. But We're jumping back to Sweden here. There's a whole lot of Swedish presence on this uh, lineup for this episode. So this is another band. Uh, they haven't reformed. I know there's been several that I've played tonight that uh, existed, then quit, then reformed and all that. Uh, this is a one and done right here band existed from 91 to 99 they're called profanity and they only released one album they had three demos and an ep prior to that but they only had the one full length uh came out in 98 so there's kind of a thing about these bands forming uh right in the peak of swedish death metal and yet for some reason or another they just don't uh, release an album very quickly it takes a long time the other of course uh, being Moaning Wind that I played a couple tunes ago, but uh, yeah, this band, you know, existed from 91 to 99, and they didn't release that full-length album until May of 1998. And the album's called Stronger Than Steel, came out on Blackened Records, and um, it's a great album. It's, uh, it's really kind of melodic and just kind of epic death metal, and there's even kind of tinges of, of almost Iron Maiden-style riffing, and uh, kind of almost punkish drum beats and stuff here and there, so they kind of mix things up uh, out of the the norm for uh, Swedish death metal at the time. But this tune kind of encompasses all of that as well. There's moments in this that kind of have an Iron Maiden feel to it, but um, but yeah, it's a really good album, and uh, it's a shame that they you know didn't exist for longer than they did. But they put out a great EP and a great full length, so. Sometimes that's kind of all you can ask for from a band. You know, they left their mark. So, off of the album Stronger Than Steel from 1998, this is Profanity with Beast of the North.
like the abruptness of that ending. That was Profanity from Sweden with Beast of the North. Great tune. A lot of twists and turns there and just great riffing, great guitar work. Um, all right, we're going to go back to the USA here out of Reading, Pennsylvania. I don't know why I thought this band was kind of a mix of Americans and Europeans. I thought it was kind of a collaborative effort, but uh, evidently it's just uh, an American band. Been around since 2013. Um, this is a bit of a... Probably not for anyone else, but for me, internally, <laughs> it's a bit of a controversial pick uh, for the for the podcast because it's one of those bands that, while they are extreme and they kind of have some black metal elements in there, they definitely sound American because they kind of have this borderline metalcore-ish tone to like the voice and there's just kind of, I don't know, there's just these moments within their sound that you can definitely tell immediately that you're listening to an American metal band. So yeah, it's kind of one of those one of those bands that almost feels like you lose a little street cred, I guess, a little black metal street cred if you're into it, but um, but yeah, I'm kind of on the fence. I've heard really, really great things about this new record of theirs, and uh, I've listened to it on a few occasions, and I'm kind of on the fence. There's moments, there's, a, there's a, several moments, really, in it that I like, but um, I just have not been able to jump all the way in uh, on it yet, but you can listen and make up your own mind. I have not, uh, I have admittedly not listened to their first two albums. I've only listened to this new one because uh, it had gotten such good press. The album is called Violent Portraits of a Doomed Escape, and it came out on August 7th of this year, so it's still pretty fresh. Their third album came out on Century Media, so they're already on a uh, pretty big label there for album number three. But um, yeah, it's kind of been making waves uh, since it came out, so I decided I would give it its due and uh, play a tune off of it. But um, So yeah, I'm not sure if you guys are into it or not, but... This is just kind of the oddball pick um, for the episode, so here we go. So off of Violent Portraits of Doomed Escape, this is Black Crown Initiate with Death Comes in Reverse.
Alright, that was Black Crown Initiate with Death Comes in Reverse. It's a pretty powerful tune. Um, I really liked that one because to me that was one of the ones that flows the best on the whole uh, album from, from start to finish. It has fewer twists and turns, but uh, it works to the advantage of the song that it kind of stays at that same kind of tempo and that same rhythm, that same flow through the whole thing. But uh, yeah, I really like that tune. Okay, we're going to jump to Denmark here out of Copenhagen. This is a one-man band that has existed since 2007. Um, I've never heard of them until this year. Um, and it was, I think, a post that somebody had done in like a black metal you know, group that I follow on Facebook where people are always kind of sharing videos and stuff, and somebody had shared one of this. Uh, I had heard it much earlier in the, uh, in the year. I want to say it was probably around maybe April or May, but I just kind of didn't didn't think to include it in an episode until this time around, but it just kind of came back into memory, and I was like, okay, yeah, I meant to make a note of that to play them, and I just kind of never did, but um, the band is called Fjörsvartnir, and um, from what I understand, that's kind of a, you know, a mashup of a few words, so I'm not really clear exactly on the meaning of that one, but... Um, but yeah, basically he plays everything, and it's, you know, one-man band, and, and it's kind of a melodic, more epic um, black metal. And he just does it really well. <laughs> I mean, he's not um, breaking any new ground, but uh, he takes that kind of melodic uh, black metal sound uh, and just does great things with it. But um, So yeah, he's got two records up to this point. Again, he's been around since 07. Um, I'm going to play something off of the debut. I just like the production better, and there's some really great songs on there. They're both good albums, but I just kind of prefer the debut. Um, the album, I've played a few title tracks tonight, and I'm going to play another one right here. So the album's called Legions of the North, came out in March of 2012 on Grom Records. And, um, yeah, the title track is a little long. You know, I, I always like to end the podcast with with long ones but uh, i'm gonna throw one in the mix right here it's not too drastic it's like nine minutes but um yeah it's a really epic uh title track here and i just really really like the song so uh so yeah if you dig it then check it out so here we go off of 2012's legions of the north this is fjorsvartnir with legions of the north
Alright. That was Fjörsvartnir from Denmark with Legions of the North. Really good stuff. Really epic stuff. Kind of reminds me of the band uh, Dark Forest from Canada. From Calgary, I think. But uh, just with a little bit fewer keyboards, but just the general, like, big, epic nature of the music. Um, they kind of see some similarities there, but really good stuff. Again, that guy's got two records, so uh, if you like that tune, then check them both out, because they're both really good. Uh, all right, we're going to go to Finland here for the first time this episode. This is a band that formed in uh, 2017. And uh, I kind of went into it with the knowledge that, oh, this is a new band, and let's listen to, you know, this demo of theirs uh, I've been hearing some things about and thought it was a really excellent demo, and it sounded so uh, polished, not from a production standpoint, but just from a performance and songwriting standpoint. And uh, I was like, wow, for being a brand new band, you know, these guys really kind of have their sound down already. Come to find out that uh, two members of Horna are in this band. So I'm just like, oh, well, no wonder it sounds so uh, legit already is because these guys have been doing it for years as members of Horna. So they just kind of have this other project on the side. And um, yeah, I think one of the members used to play in Behexen. So I'm just like, okay, well, then this is kind of a, a who's who of uh, Finnish black metal musicians. Um, that are, have formed this band, so I was like, well, no wonder it sounds good, so as far as I know, they are working on a full length, um, but the only release so far is this demo. Um, the band is called Chamber of Unlight, and the demo is called the just a self-titled Chamber of Unlight demo. came out in May of 2017. It was self-released at first, and uh, then it was released again, uh, probably just digitally, I'm not sure, but it was released through Spread Evil Productions. And um, you can find it on their Bandcamp. You can find it on YouTube. Um, I think all the songs from the demo are on YouTube. Um, but yeah, it's it's just really good. It follows suit with the kind of typical Finnish sound that you get from Sargeist and Behexen and Horna. Uh, so it doesn't really change uh, much of the formula there. But um, but it's good. It's just very good when in terms of that style. So if you're a fan of Finnish black metal, you should be a fan of this as well. So keep an eye out for their full length. No idea when it's uh, supposed to be released. My guess would be sometime next year, but we'll see. So off of their self-titled Chamber of Unlight demo, this is Chamber of Unlight with Spirals of Black.
And there we have it. That was Spirals of Black by Chamber of Unlight. Really good guitar work um, on that tune. I liked that a lot. Um, it's a great demo, so if you haven't heard the whole thing, uh, check it out. Like I said, it's it's on their Bandcamp and it's on uh, uh, YouTube, both as like individual tunes and I think there's just some videos of just the whole demo from start to finish. But All right, we're going to jump to the Netherlands here. This is a band that I really like, that I've played uh, at least two or three times in the past. Um, the band is called Soulburn, and Soulburn started basically as an offshoot from Asphyx. Um, by Bob Backus and uh, Eric Daniels and uh, they released an album back in 96 and then just kind of disbanded in 99 actually the uh, Asphyx album uh, On the Wings of Inferno was um, supposed to be a Soulburn record but the label pretty much didn't want to release it unless it was going to have the Asphyx name on it um, so they just kind of went that route and, and did their thing with Asphyx again but um but yeah, so Soulburn was kind of put to bed in 99, and then um, they kind of brought it back to life. And uh, Eric Daniels, you know, he keeps reti like retiring from music, and then, you know, two, three years will go by, and then he'll he'll want back in, <laughs> and he gets back in. Which is great, because he's, you know, really good uh, riff writer, and um, he contributed so much to the uh, material and to the legacy of Asphyx that uh, he's also a member of the Grand Supreme Blood Court, which of course features uh, members of Asphyx. They all tend to kind of share the same members, but um, Soulburn, when it was revived in 2014, it did have Bob and Eric in the band, uh, and along with two other members, and um, Bob quit Asphyx, and was, uh, which surprised me, because he's like the original guy, and he quit, and um, and then he focused solely on Soulburn, and after their third album, I guess, because I forget about the first one being released in 96, but they did uh, two albums after they reformed with Bob, and then Bob left again. So he quit Soulburn as well as Asphyx, and uh, he's just kind of doing some other projects here and there, but they, f they got a new drummer who, funny enough, looks just like him, because <laughs> he's... They're both completely bald, shaven head with goatee and stuff, so they look the same. But yeah, they got a new drummer, so this is actually the first uh, release with the new drummer. Uh, Eric Daniels is still in the band, uh, like all the other members stay the same, they just have the new drummer. But they're releasing their first album in four years. Their last one came out in 2016, but uh, they've been working for a long time on this one, so I'm glad that it's finally coming out. Um, but the, the two that they did, the debut was okay. Um, but the two that they, they did since they reformed have been great. I, I've really liked them a lot. Um, but yeah, they're releasing this new one. Their fourth album is coming out on November 13th. It's called Noah's Dark, which is kind of a stupid title, <laughs> but doesn't matter that much uh, to me because I know the material is going to be great. But it's coming out on Century Media, and they actually released their first um, single off of it uh, just last week, and uh, I like it a lot. The... The album, uh, The Suffocating Darkness, that came out um, after they reformed, to me, had more of just kind of a blackened, like, death metal, but it's primitive and simplistic and stuff. It's not crazy, fast, extreme, you know. It's still uh, a slower to mid-tempo kind of stuff. Um, the album that came after um, had more of a, like, early first-wave black metal vibe to it as far as the rhythms and everything it just had more of that uh 
old Celtic Frost, you know, type uh, riffage, and um, I liked it a lot. It was a bit of an evolution of their sound, and uh, I liked it a lot. And they, uh, from based on this single from this new one, they're they're kind of continuing down that road. So uh, it's pretty cool. I'm excited to hear the rest of it. So. Here we go off of the album Noah's Dark coming out on November 13th. This is Soul Burn with From Archaean Into Oblivion.
Alright, that was Soulburn from the Netherlands with From Arcan into Oblivion. That's a really cool tune, and I just love the old-school vibe that they have going on with their sound on the last album, and uh, hopefully on this new one as well. Again, that album's called Noah's Dark, and it's coming out on November 13th of this year. Uh, okay, we're going to close things out strong here. I want to thank everyone, as usual, for listening. Thanks for telling other people about the podcast. Um, if you want to share how a person can listen, they can listen online at bloodandfireradio.podbean.com. Um, they can listen on the free Podbean app, which I highly recommend. There's a lot of great stuff and great podcasts on there. And also on Spotify, all of the, uh, the entire catalog of episodes is, uh, is available there. So make sure to uh, listen there and follow there. And um, You can give me any sort of feedback or requests or suggestions or anything uh, via email at bloodandfireradio at gmail.com. And, of course, please find and like the Facebook page because uh, any sort of updates regarding the podcast are going to be listed there. And like I said, I'm going to try to revamp the uh, Facebook and just make it more appealing and just have more content on there uh, than what's currently there. It's a bit boring at the moment, so I'll try and spruce it up in the coming weeks. Um, I already have my bands ready, my songs ready for the next episode, so I am hopeful to be uh, on time with my next episode. So yeah. Things are going good. Things are going good. I'm staying on schedule for the most part here. So, All right, we're going to close this out. We're going to go back to Denmark. This band's been around since 2013. They're called Sunken. And um, I just know about them because uh, in, in looking for interested labels to release uh, Kriegsgrove material... You know, you start looking into, okay, what are some of the bands that I really like? What are some of the labels that have rosters that I really like? And uh, this is one of them. The label is Vendetta Records, and uh, this band is part of their roster, and they're just a really good band. It's just a, a nice kind of melodic black metal doom mostly on the doom side uh, type band and uh, they just released their second album it took them three years between albums they did their debut back in 2017 so just released their second album on September 18th of this year called Leafsleda and um, yeah again that's on Vendetta who has some great bands on their roster and it's really good I really love the cover art the production's great. Uh, the songs are long, but um, I really enjoy them. They don't feel too long to me. I really like the way they're put together. Um, but yeah, this one stood out to me as, uh, as being a, a favorite. It has some of my favorite moments of the whole album um, on this one tune. So really good record, and they've been pushing it hard um, with their promotion from Vendetta Records, you know, on their Instagram and Facebook and stuff. Such... I almost said stuff and such at the same time. Stutch. But, uh, yeah, great song. So, like I said, I'm going to finish out, as I seem to always do, with a nice long one to close out the episode. But, um, but yeah, again, thanks for listening, and I will be back with another episode in two weeks. So here we go, off of Leafsleda. This is Sunken with Forocked. Forocked.